Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. This morning's reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, and verses 50 to 58 and you can find that on page 1157 in the church Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 50 to 58 on page 1157. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Friends, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you uh, for coming out. It's good to see many of you here. My name is Matt, and uh, I'm happy to be preaching from uh, 1 Corinthians 15. So do open your Bibles back up to that passage if you've closed it since we read it. Let me pray. Our Father in heaven, please help us today as we consider your word to be people who are good at remembering and considering things and pondering. Help us as we consider death and eternal life, the sacrifice of others and the life we now live. Help us to be shaped by the truths that we hear in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we're thinking about honour, service and sacrifice. We're thinking about war, conflict, suffering and death. These things are scarily common around the world and the news is all too familiar. But I wonder if we don't actually think about these things that much for ourselves. I know that for some, grief is present right now in very painful ways. But for many, we often actually try to avoid thinking about death. We try to ignore it. But there are times when it confronts us when we go to funerals, or when war is headline news, or today when we remember the sacrifice people made 
for our freedom. These are healthy days for us. And when we do take the time to ponder death, we have lots of questions. What's it like in general? What will it be like for me? Will I be brave in the moment like those soldiers? And then, what will come next? You see, talk of death quickly becomes talk of life after death. We say that people go on before us, somewhere else, to heaven, to new life, to a new creation. But if we're honest, we don't really know what that will be. So on Remembrance Sunday, we shouldn't just think about those who died in service over the years, nor those dying in conflict now around the world. This is a rare chance for us to slow down and to think about ourselves and our lives and our purpose, and especially about death and what comes next. For that reason, I've chosen this passage from 1 Corinthians, these verses, and the whole chapter, in fact, uh, are wonderful verses about resurrection and life after death. And it will show us that what comes next will be different. In particular, there'll be no more death. It will be amazing. But it has huge implications for how we live our life today as well. I'll say four quick things from this passage, the first of which is this, we will be different. In the life after death, in the world to come, we will be different. This is the opening verses. And there's a repeated refrain, end of verse 51, we will all be changed. And end of verse 52, and we will be changed. You see, we try to imagine eternal life and we have many, many questions, don't we? Children get us going with the basic questions. Uh, What age will I be in heaven? What age will granny be in heaven? And if she's young, will we still recognize her? But the more we think about it, the more questions they come out. Will we age at all? Will we need to eat? Will we need to sleep? Will we still need to shave? Will will we get hurt if we fall over? And I think all of these questions, they come from uh, uh, the same sort of problem because it's imagining us the same there forever. And we're not appreciating how different things will be, how different we will be. The opening uh, verse says we are now flesh and blood and our bodies are perishable. They don't last. And so we wouldn't actually fit into the eternal world. The reality is that for that life, we need to be changed into something completely different. Into something that does last. What that will be? I don't know. But the point is the magnitude of the difference. And uh, and earlier in this chapter, we've been given two ways of thinking about this to help us appreciate the difference. In one place, it said, now we are made of the dust of the earth. 
We remember that at funerals, don't we? We say dust to dust, earth to earth. But then, in eternal life, we'll be made of the dust of heaven. Something different, something imperishable. It also gave us the illustration of a seed being planted in the ground. That planting is like the death of the seed. But it comes out again. It's not dead. It, it sprouts up. But what it comes out like is so different from the seed. It's a green shoot that grows into a plant and with a wonderful flower. And you would look again at a seed and think, how does a flower ever come from that? It's a mystery. Verse 51. We will not all sleep. That means we will not all die. Some will still be alive when Jesus returns and the change happens. But there will be a definite moment to come. A flash, a twinkling of the eye, a great trumpet sound. And we will be changed into something new. We had in our service a great trumpet sound. It was a moving moment. And with that sound ringing in our minds, understand that there is an even greater trumpet sound to come. It will signal the end of life as we know it and bring us in an instant to new life, the wonderfully different life. There's something lovely about imagining others in eternal life now. I know for many of us, grief is near to us. Uh, connections to specific soldiers is, is probably quite rare. But loss in general is near to us all. And we cannot but imagine them as we remember them. But the reality is, the next time you see them, they'll be different in the mystery of God's plan, you'll know it's them, but they'll be so different, made of something new, something strong, something eternal, and your mind will be blown by the sight of them in their glory, who they were made to be. And it will be true for you, and true for me, and true for everyone there, a new world full of new people, and it will be wonderfully different. Moving on, the, the next few verses make it clear that the most significant difference will be that we will not die. We, that's the second thing to note, we will not die. Verse 53, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality will be made of new stuff. Stuff that lasts forever. The dust of heaven. The language here makes me think of putting on a uniform. Soldiers, they put on their uniform before their passing out parade. The completion of their training. With this new uniform, they become a soldier ready to serve. And you think of those recruitment adverts on the TV, born in Sunderland, made in the Royal Navy. They're now made 
of different stuff. And for eternity, we will be made of different stuff, imperishable, immortal. No one will die anymore. And when that happens, end of verse 54, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death is the worst thing about life in this world. We know there are different types of death. Uh, They hit us in different ways. There's death in old age when someone has lived a good long life. We can accept it. There's sacrificial, heroic death like those we think of today. We grieve, but we see the honor in it. And then there's tragic death, untimely death. And the sorrow of it is overwhelming. But across them all, it's the existence of death which is the terrible thing. We learn to cope with it and and accept it in different ways, but it's not a good thing. It ends, it separates, it stings, and there's nothing we can do about it. It will get us in the end, it will get our loved ones, and I hate to think about it. You'll probably all know the uh, Forrest Gump's famous line. Mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But there's another line from the film that stuck with me. You know, he has to deal with a lot of people in his life dying in that film. And he said this at another point. Mama always said death was a part of life. But I wish it wasn't. Don't we all? And those soldiers made of different stuff, well, in a way, but the sad reality is they're made of exactly the same stuff, perishable stuff, and so they all died, hundreds and thousands of them, and we remember them. So this biblical promise that there is a world when there will be no more death is one that should bring us joy and hope. The prospect of the new world to come and the new life to come where death will be gone. Everything else sad will be gone. We don't need to despair. We'll come into that place of joy and happiness and it will never come to an end. The idea of everlasting life is unsettling for some, I know that. But please believe that by the power of God, it will be a life of ever-increasing joy and satisfaction. Like my new body to come, I can't fathom it. But it's the promise of the Bible. And that's the hope that I want to offer to any here today who are scared. I wouldn't be surprised though if some are asking, how is this all possible? Or how do we know any of this is true? And that brings us to our third point. Jesus has had the victory. 
verses 55 to 57, Jesus has had the victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we remember those who gave their lives in war, but particularly they gave their lives so that we could be victorious in those wars. The victory matters. They saved us from tyranny and for freedom. Well, similarly, Jesus Christ gave his life to bring us a victory over death itself. What am I talking about? How does this all work? How do we know it's true? It's because of the real events in history. Today we look back primarily to those two world wars, real events in history that changed our world. But we look back even further to the real events in the life of Jesus and his story which changed the world. He was a real man. He was born in Bethlehem. He lived in the Middle East. He became a famous teacher and miracle performer. He claimed to be the Son of God. He died on a Roman cross at the hands of those that hated him. But from his perspective, he was giving his life as a willing sacrifice in the place of others. Three days later, he rose again. He was seen by many. He was never to die again. He was opening up a new world and and he was bringing us through. We like to think of a neatness to war. Good versus evil and a clear final victory. The reality is wars are nothing like that. Maybe there is an aggressor and a defender but usually both end up doing wicked things. And rare is a clear-cut victory that brings permanent peace. Usually it's a worn-out stalemate or a surrender that sows bitterness. Often we just set up the next conflict. But with Jesus, it really is neat His is the story of stories, the story all other narratives long towards. He is the truly good one who does battle with the devil and with sin and with death. And he has the one complete victory. It comes through his sacrifice. And it comes through his resurrection, his victory, his resurrection is the moment That means that we can be sure that there is life after death. And that death will be no more. Friends, with Jesus, we will stand again. Risen. Alive. Victorious over death. For those following Christ, we can have certainty not doubts, hope, not fear, because of those real events in the past.
So then the final thing to say is to echo the conclusion of this glorious chapter, live well now. That's verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Our hope for the future, based on true events in the past, changes everything about the present. So in the present, we should remember the reality of death. Days like today, and and when we go to funerals, and when we hear of war, and when we walk out through a graveyard, each monument is a reminder that death is real, and it's coming, and we shouldn't ignore it. But we also remember our gospel hope. So many of those headstones have crosses on them. Those war graves in northern France, row after row of crosses. Because Jesus has had the victory. Death is not the end. The trumpet will sound. And we will be made new. And that's why self-sacrifice is possible. If this life is all there is, we should eat and drink and be merry and and do all we can to preserve our comfortable life. But we know there is more. So people do give their lives for others. And we can compromise in our lives for the sake of others. It says, stand firm. Let nothing move you. There are terrible and sad things which happen in life. Death causes many to despair. Even causes Christians sometimes to give up their faith. But friends, no. Jesus is victorious. So stand firm in him. And your labor is not in vain. Death seems to make a mockery of the things we achieve in our life. But it's not true. The things we do now ripple on into eternity. The people we bless, the good deeds, the happy memories, the relationships, they will last. But remember that it is labor in the Lord Work with him and for him. Jesus is the one who brings all things to life. Friends, these are rare occasions for slowing down and thinking about the big questions of life and death. Please don't rush back to the busyness and the preoccupations. Please take the time to consider these things for yourself. Please ponder life and death and the promises made by Jesus. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, please help us to see things clearly to consider life and death and meaning and purpose, 
to remember the sacrifice of others and to think well about our own lives. Lord, having heard this word, this message of Jesus, please help us to consider it and to respond to it and to live well now, believing the promises we have in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.